The internet has changed how we communicate in ways we couldn't have possibly imagined 20 years ago. We rely on digital platforms like Google, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook to communicate with each other every day. Print news have adopted to this, with the majority now publishing their stories on social media. But with a constantly evolving media landscape, the laws are evolving too. In fact, the High Court recently confirmed that media companies are responsible for the disparaging comments made on their Facebook posts. They can even be sued for these comments when they haven't even made them. Welcome to Trial by Podcast. My name is William Wade, here with fellow law graduate Jacqueline White. Today we will be talking about the controversial decision in Fairfax Media Publications and Voller. Having recently been determined by the High Court on the 8th of September 2021, we will be discussing this case in detail and some of the potential consequences of such a decision. In episode 27 of Trial by Podcast, which was released in 2020, Talia gave an overview of the defamation law in the digital age with more of a focus on how individual users could be sued for defamation online. She spoke briefly about Fairfax Media Publications and Voller. With that decision being handed down earlier this month, we thought we would do a follow-up. Instead of a focus on individual users like you and me, this episode is going to focus on the responsibility of media publishers online. Under the general law, three elements must be proven to establish defamation. Firstly, whether a statement was published to at least one third party about a person. Secondly, whether the statement identifies or is about a specific person. And finally, whether the statement made about the person is defamatory. The recent Fairfax Media Publications and Voller focuses on the threshold element of whether a statement was published to at least one third party other than the person named. The primary judge ordered that this issue of publication, as agreed by the parties, be separately decided prior to the other elements. So before we get to the court's decision, let's cover a bit of background. Dylan Voller was a detainee at the Dondale Youth Detention Centre in Darwin. He came to public attention when he was featured in an episode of ABC's Four Corners in July of 2016. Footage was uncovered showing Voller strapped to a chair with a hood over his head. This image proved to be the spark that led then-Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull to announce a royal commission into the treatment of children in youth detention in the NT. For about 12 months, many news outlets covered the royal commission and the Four Corners report, and it was fairly widely reported on. To gain wide attraction for their coverage, they shared articles to their Facebook pages, and as is normal for Facebook, liking, commenting and sharing of these posts was encouraged. Voller originally brought a defamation claim in the New South Wales Supreme Court against three defendant media companies, Fairfax Media, now Nine Entertainment, as well as Nationwide News and Australian News Channel, which are both owned by News Corp. Voller alleged that he was defamed in the news posts of these three media companies on Facebook, but not by the companies themselves or the articles which their posts were linked to. No, Voller alleged defamation had occurred in the derogatory statements made by individual Facebook users in the comments section of these media companies' posts. At first instance, and again in the Court of Appeal, it was held that these media companies had published the defamatory material, being the comments made by third parties on their posts. Consequently, the three media companies appealed to the High Court on the issue of whether the Court of Appeal had erred in finding them to be publishers. By a 5-2 majority, the High Court dismissed the proceedings and upheld the previous decisions that the media companies were publishers of the comments. The Court held that the liability of a person as a publisher depends upon whether that person by facilitating or encouraging the relevant communication, quote-unquote, participated in the communication of the defamatory material to the third person. The majority rejected the media company's arguments that for a person to be pu a publisher, they must be aware of the defamatory material and intend to publish it. 
The decision confirms that by providing a platform for defamatory comments, in this instance in the form of a comments section, media companies can be found to be responsible for defamatory and publication of defamatory statements. Chief Justice Kiefel and Justices Keane and Gleeson considered that each applicant, by the creation of a public Facebook page and the posting of content on that page, facilitated, encouraged and thereby assisted in the publication of comments from third-party Facebook users. Similarly, Justices Gagler and Gordon drew attention to the financial benefits of operating a Facebook page and the deliberate choice in operating in a forum that over 15 million Australians use. Any attempt by the media companies to portray themselves as, quote, passive and unwitting victims of Facebook's functionality has an air of unreality. Having taken action to secure the commercial benefit of the Facebook functionality, the appellants bear the legal consequences, end quote. Despite the High Court finding that the media companies had published the defamatory material, the case will return to the New South Wales Supreme Court for a trial on the remaining elements on the tort of defamation, including any defence that may also be available. Importantly, the High Court, given it was only dealing with a threshold issue of publication, did not make a finding as to whether the defence of innocent dissemination is available to media companies deemed to have published the material. Innocent dissemination provides defence to those found to have published defamatory material if the defendant proves that 1. The defendant published the matter merely as an employee or agent. Secondly, that the defendant neither knew nor ought to have reasonably known the material was defamatory. And thirdly, the defendant's lack of knowledge was not due to any negligence on their part. So this will definitely be a case for us to watch in the future. It is important to note here that this decision doesn't just affect the three media companies who were party to the proceedings, but it affects anyone who posts on social media and encourages third-party comments. This doesn't mean that it's just companies, but individuals could also be considered liable for the comments of their posts. Australian media companies are perhaps the most concerned by this decision. In a statement, Nine Fairfax stated that they are, quote, disappointed with the outcome of the decision, as it will have ramifications for what we can post on social media in the future, end quote. Similarly, Michael Miller, the executive chairman of News Corp, said that the ruling is, quote, significant for anyone who maintains a public social media page by finding that they can be liable for comments posted by others on that page, even when they are unaware of those comments. This highlights the need for urgent legislative reform, end quote. Interestingly, on the 1st of July 2021, New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia implemented the Model Defamation Amendment Provisions, a series of legislative amendments designed to modernise Australia's defamation laws for the digital age. These reforms introduced a serious harm threshold when making a claim for defamation. Section 10A of the Defamation Act now requires that a prospective plaintiff must prove that they have suffered or are likely to suffer serious harm to their reputation. The High Court were not required to weigh in on this section because it didn't exist in 2016 when the comments about Vola were made online. New South Wales is leading a further set of reforms and perhaps they will modify the enduring effect of the Vola decision. Attorney General Mark Speakman called for contemporary laws in an era where anyone can publish almost anything to the world at large with just a click of a button. As mentioned, it isn't just media companies that face defamation. Your daily social media interactions like online reviews and social media posts and comments couldn't land you in legal hot water. If you're interested in knowing more, definitely have a listen to episode 27. As always, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact us on our Instagram page, at Podcast, 
And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening and see you next time.